0: Greetings and welcome to Chapel with Community Missions. I'm Reverend Mark Brees. I'm just very grateful to be here with you today. Uh, as we begin worship, our uh, as our call to worship, we'll be looking at Psalm, reading Psalm 23. Uh, the 23rd Psalm, it's part of the texts for Good Shepherd Sunday, which is coming up this week and will be uh, the focus of our service here today. So as we start uh, this time of worship together, uh, let's hear the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, come be with us uh, here in this time of worship. Uh, We ask that you let it be a moment where you enliven us, where you open our hearts to uh, the word that um, the Lord has for us today and that um, you let it be with a spirit of joy uh, that we worship together here with community missions. Amen. So as we continue in worship, uh, let's uh, join in our first song for the day. As we come to a time of prayer this morning, I ask that you especially be thinking about today uh, those who are uh, ill, uh, maybe recovering from um, COVID-19 with their families who are deeply worried about them, Um, and uh, those who may be uh, struggling with other illnesses or conditions that um, are just being so much more um, hard for them to control and manage because of everything. So please keep everybody's health in your prayers and ours as well. Uh, I also ask that you continue in your prayers for the doctors, the nurses, the police officers, the firefighters, the ambulance drivers, all those folks who are uh, out there trying to help everyone who is able to uh, be there for them and, and uh, do that so that um, their families know that they're receiving care and have the um, support that they need. Um, and we also need to be uh, thinking about uh, all of those who are um, manning the grocery stores, people who are... Uh, keeping things going, allowing um, the majority of folks to be able to uh, stay put and uh, maintain that distancing that we need to for uh, this particular time. Um, It's just so important that they know that they have our prayers, uh, that we ask God to be with them, uh, to bring them uh, safety and peace of mind, uh, and that that they can feel that uh, God's love is with them as well as our love and our thanks. I also want us to think out beyond our um, own neighborhoods, our own city, our own state, our own country. I really think uh, wherever you are uh, taking part in the service, pray for elected leaders around the world. What we need now more than anything is the kind of leadership that um, is looking forward, um, that while we are uh, trying to get the current situation under control, that there are good plans being made uh, for how to get out of this. So um, uh, pray for the wisdom uh, of God to be with uh, all those who are in positions of leadership around the world, uh, that they can be making those wise choices and that they can be doing it with um, um, the uh, knowledge that they need uh, and that they can be doing it with the compassion Uh, and the understanding that they have a particular duty of care for um, uh, massive numbers of people, that um, so much is in their hands. Uh, So we just ask that you pray uh, for them as well, that God will will be uh, with them and God's Spirit will guide them forward um, as they um, work on a very difficult task. And in this time after Easter, it's important for us to always remember, as a resurrection people, that we have a great gift of newness of life that is ours every day, that forgiveness is offered day after day, Uh, that um, the blessing of that is immense, that we have joys uh, to celebrate because of that, Um, and that we need to keep in mind how Christ came Uh, to teach us uh, to die for us and to be raised from the dead so that our newness of life can be complete here, now, today, no matter what the circumstances might be. So as we pray together, I ask you to lift up all of these things, uh, your own concerns, your own celebrations, and your own joys. Let's bring them all uh, before the cross of Christ as we uh, continue on our worship in a time of prayer. Let's pray together. Amen. So um, as we come to a time to uh, hear what God's word has for us today, uh, again, it is Good Shepherd Sunday. So beginning at verse 1 in chapter 10. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and to have it to the full. This is the word of the Lord. So the Good Shepherd passage from the Gospel of John, very famous. Lots of ways that people look at it, and a lot that we actually can sort of um, take from it uh, if we look at the whole of chapter ten. Actually, um, so way too much to talk about in one service. So I'm just going to focus on two things uh, for us here uh, today. Um, and the first is the metaphor. Um, it's a beautiful metaphor. It's that. Uh, metaphor that's set up that gives this visual image that you kind of uh, can't shake, that that picture of the the field with the sheep, that pastoral picture with the shepherd or the shepherdess out there minding uh, the sheep. It's a beautiful metaphor and what it's very important for us to take that away from this passage because we are um, God's flock, God's family, God's sheep, and Christ is our shepherd. And Uh, That's important. So that's the first point. Of course, it also talks about the thieves and the wolves that are there to kill and destroy. In the first verse of chapter 10, it says, Jesus says this, Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees. Pharisees. Jesus is uh, setting up a contrast in this passage um, between the sheep and the shepherd. The good shepherd, that would be Jesus. And the thieves that come to kill and destroy, that would be the Pharisees, the leaders of Jesus's religious community, leaders. And that's the second point that we need to talk about here. Jesus is talking to the leaders, to church leaders, to religious leaders. Jesus is talking to you about me. That's kind of awkward. I'm a pastor. I am a religious leader. Jesus is talking in this passage, this passage from the Gospel of John is actually starts out being directed at me and people like me. And that's just really important for us to understand. Jesus is setting up a distinction between a good shepherd and a not good shepherd. One who is there to love and support and there one who is there to steal and maim and kill. That's a pretty stark distinction. Jesus is talking about the good shepherd being like him is one who leads people out and in safely, who brings them into the presence of God and walks with them through uh, life and everything that they experience and does it uh, in a way that's loving, that's caring, that's compassionate, uh, that brings safety and relief and all the things that we need as humans to get by in a pretty crazy and chaotic world sometimes. As opposed to the not-good shepherd, who leads people astray. Who the sheep shouldn't listen to. Who, when they hear their voice, think, hmm, don't know what I think about that guy. That's what we're talking about here. This distinction between the good shepherd and the not-good shepherd. Between Christian leaders who get it mostly right, because we never get it completely right. And those who don't mostly get it right. That's what Jesus is talking about. And of course that leads then to the elephant in the room. Who's right? I mean people believe all kinds of stuff and within Christianity there's all different kinds of beliefs. I mean really how many different versions of Christianity do we all know about? I mean there's a lot. There's Presbyterians, there's the United Methodist Church, the African-American Episcopal Church, Assemblies of God, Presbyterian Church USA, Associated Reform Presbyterian Church, Bible Presbyterian Church, the Wesleyan Church, Seventh-day Adventist, Seventh-day Baptist, the Roman Catholic Church, the Celtic Rite Old Catholic Church, the Church of the Holy Paraclete. Paraclete is just another word for Holy Spirit. Southern Episcopal Church, the Episcopal Church USA, Greek Orthodox Church, the Ethiopian Orthodox Church, the Free Methodist Church, the Church of the Nazarene, the Evangelical Assembly of Presbyterian Churches in America, the Old National Catholic Church, Church of Jesus Christ, of Latter day Saints, the African Methodist Episcopal Zion Church, the Apostolic Church of Christ, the Church of God, the Church of God of prophecy, and Free Will Baptist Church, the Episcopal Church USA, the Anglican Church, and Catholic Church, Free Protestant Episcopal Church, the Russian Orthodox Church, the Anglican Episcopal Church, the Presbyterian Church, the Presbyterian Church in America, the Church of the Mother, the Baptist General Convention of Texas, the Primitive Methodist Church, the Primitive Baptist Church, the Free Methodist Church. Wait, did I say that already? The National Baptist Convention of America, Christian Methodist Episcopal Church, Conservative Baptist Association, General Association of Regular Baptists, National Missionary Baptist Churches, Pentecostal Free Will Baptists, the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship, The American Baptist Association, the North American Baptist Conference, The National Baptists, the Progressive Baptists, the Progressive National Baptists. Man, there's a lot of Baptists. The Southern Baptist Convention, the Convention of Atlantic Baptist Churches. I think there's so many Baptists because being one, I can say this: our philosophy is to argue, divide, and multiply. The National Association of Free Will Baptists, the National Baptist Convention at USA Inc., the Apostolic Church of the Pentecost, The Pentecostal Church International, The Old Catholic Church of North America, The United Church of Christ, or the American Baptist Churches USA. Those last two are me. So yeah, I'm an ordained Baptist minister and I've served in the United Church of Christ as well. And some people are like, how could you do both? Baptists, isn't it like like their name means just what it is? Like Baptist, like immersion, baptism by immersion, like believer's baptism. And isn't the United Church of Christ, don't they do infant baptism? Yes, to both things. And I've done both. And I suspect I have some Baptist colleagues who uh, just shake their head when they see me walking by. He's that Baptist, that baptized babies. Here's the thing. Who's right? I thought that was beautiful. It was a wonderful experience. There's so many different ways of doing all of this. And sometimes the leaders, they forget that it's not about all the details that make up what's right and what's off the mark. You see, what's really important for us as Christians, as church members, As the sheep who make up the flock that are led by, hopefully, the good shepherd or a good shepherd, what we have to remember is that there's some core things here. It doesn't matter what worship is like, obviously. Think about it. There's very high church worship like you might get in a, a very liturgical church like a high episcopal church or in the Roman Catholic Church or oh, there's very exuberant worship. In Southern Baptist and Church. Maybe it's at one of the large mega churches where pretty much every Sunday is like a rock concert. And that's cool too. I think that's all alright. There's so many ways of doing this. Obviously now, none of that matters about how it's done, because we're I'm doing the church service from my basement. I mean, it doesn't matter all that much how we worship, I think, anyway. I think it's important to the individual. I think finding that spiritual home and place that works where each person is so important. But that's not the core message, especially as we get it out of the text today. And in fact, we actually kind of have to look outside of our text to get the answer to that. The answer that I have for this, uh, how we can um, look at what that core message is, is actually, uh, I'll look at the Gospel of Mark. You can find it in the other Gospels, but I like it here. It's in Mark chapter, um, uh, Mark chapter 12, and it's verses 29 through 31. And it's Jesus talking with church leaders again, with Pharisees or uh, leaders of the Jewish community, uh, religious leaders uh, with him. Um, they'd asked him about the commandments and what's most important. And Jesus answers this in verse 29 in Mark 12. He says, The most important one, answered Jesus, is this Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than these. Fun fact. Jesus gets that answer about loving your neighbors from Leviticus 19.18, where it says, "'Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself.'" Isn't that the golden rule? We have that in Matthew 2, Matthew chapter seven, in everything do to others as you would have them do to you, for this is the law and the prophets. You see, the commonality among all of these different denominations, all these different ways of doing uh, church, of doing our faith, with all the details that make them different and special and unique and wonderful. Uh, I get all of that. But the thing that matters is the commonality. It's that idea of loving one another. That the good shepherd doesn't do anything to endanger the flock. But it's the golden rule. Treat others the way you want to be treated. As Christians, we need to think about how we love one another, and our pastors, the people that Jesus is speaking to in this passage today, in John 10, speaking to us, the people that are supposed to be good shepherds uh, to our flocks, we're called to love one another. And All the flock, all the believers, all the people of all the churches, of all those different things that we ran down together that I just went through that big list. The bottom line is about how do we love one another? How do we live with compassion for one another? How do we make our lives reflect that pastoral scene, that idea of Christ, that ideal of Christ the Good Shepherd who leads us in and leads us out and cares for us and keeps us safe? and brings us to newness of life, and to joy, no matter what is happening around us. How can we love each other the way Christ loves us? That's the message of the Good Shepherd. That's what the message of any Good Shepherd should be not my way is the only way and our way in our church is the only right way. Yes, it works for you and your congregation and you have your specific ways of looking at things and interpreting scripture and that's fine. But if it's devoid of love, you need to be careful. So yes, maybe I'm speaking to uh, two audiences today, to my fellow clergy. Let's speak now especially about love Not who's right and who's wrong, and what's the right way to do it and the wrong way to do it. What the whole flock needs, what all of us need, because we, pastors, we too, are part of the flock of Christ. What we all need now, and any time, really, is that idea of love. How to love one another. How to live with compassion and live a Christ-like life. So, sisters and brothers, today I call on you, I call on you in this special way, uh, to love one another. For each of us, be as pastors of a church, or members of a church following a pastor, that all of us, as believers, learn to love one another, seek to emulate the life of Christ, the way in which he loved unconditionally, and to give back to others around us that unconditional love, that support and compassion that's so sorely needed in days like these. All of us, all of you, let's be good shepherds to one another. That's all Christ calls us to do every day. Let's do it. It's not that hard. It's not that hard to love. Sh-